Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. So uh, we're about to go into, James is going to share from us, share uh, with us today from Psalm 130. Um, So we're just going to put the psalm on the screen. So we'll just have, so if you've got a Bible, just uh, get it out and you can have it in front of you. Um, So I'll just read through Psalm 130 and then James is going to speak to us. Um, Out of the depths, I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord, more than the watchmen wait for the morning, more than the watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. Okay. Over to you, James. Well, thank you, Mike. Um, Well, good morning, everyone. Um, As Mike has just read to us, we're going to be looking at uh, Psalm 130 this morning. Um, which, uh, I'll be honest, when the preaching topics were emailed out uh, and I saw the title I was given was uh, Suffering and Psalm 130, I was a bit like, hmm, about that. I I never seem to get the happy topics uh, or or the big encouragers, you know, the ones that you can just smash out. But um, that's absolutely fine. Um, Because over the last few days, I think as I've been reading through it, um, as I've been uh, kind of meditating on it a little bit, I've realised maybe... And um, certainly at the moment with all that's going on, maybe talking about suffering is, is not a bad thing. Uh, and so if you've got your Bible in front of you um, or maybe you've got it on your phone, just whip up uh, Psalm 130 on your screen and we'll dive straight in. Uh, and you'll see in verse one, it just says, out of the depths, I cry to you, O Lord. Now, there's a guy called David writing this psalm. Um, And David, when he's writing it, is clearly not in a good place. You probably don't need me to explain to you that the depths are rarely a place of happiness uh, and a place of joy. Um, And I think as I was reflecting on it this week and just meditating a little bit, I wonder how many people who are are, are tuned in this morning maybe feel like they're can relate into that a, a little bit. And so... In the, in the last few months, on top of all the normal stuff that life throws at us, we've, we've been in the midst of a lot of uncertainty. And there might have been, uh, a lot of you have been feeling quite isolated, quite lonely. You might have experienced a lot of loss during this time. Uh, you may have lost people that you love. Uh, you might be experiencing struggles with your mental health, exacerbated by uh, the whole lockdown situation. Um, for many, work will be tough. Um, many of you might not even know if you've got work to go back to uh, after all this. And it is, it, it's just a challenging time. I think uh, for me, for those of you who don't know me, I work in a hospital. Um, and over the, the last couple of months, there, there has been some really challenging stuff. 
that we've seen. I've had to have some absolutely horrendous conversations with families, some of the worst conversations where they've not been able to come and see their loved ones. And I've spoken to friends who've not been able to go to the funerals of, of people they've lost. And there's just been so much depth uh, and rubbish and suffering. Um, and I think um, many people, certainly myself included, will have said, actually, over the last couple of months, we've found things quite hard. Um, and the first thing I want you to know this morning, the first thing that I think we see from this psalm, but we see right throughout the psalms, we see in the words of people like Jesus, people like Elijah, Moses, Paul, some of the heroes of, of our faith, that actually it's really OK to cry out to God. It's really OK to find things hard and it's OK to struggle and it's OK to be honest with God. Um, but I hope what we're going to see this morning as, as we dive through it and what I really love um, about this psalm is that actually it shows us to uh, how we go from that place of struggling and finding things really really hard and learning to not just kind of survive but really thrive within that um, and what I um, think we need to kind of remember this morning which is a really powerful truth that I often forget but actually God is in control um, God has made you uh, and he knew every single one of your steps before you were even born and you were made for such a time as this. And so actually that means God knew that you would be living in the midst of these coronavirus times before you even took your first breath. You know, this wasn't an unexpected turn of events for God. This was something he very much predicted and knew was coming. And so actually he's made you with this in mind. And God's will for us is never that we just survive and that we just get through things, but actually he wants to see us thrive. And I think this psalm shows us a little bit of how to do that. Um, so we'll dive in. Luke, I'm just wondering if you can bring up verse three for us. Um, verse three um, says, if you, O Lord, kept a record of our sins, who could stand? Now, um, here David's reminding us sort of how flawed and how broken we are. Um, which, if I'm very honest, isn't the most logical jump for me. You know, when you're in the depths, when you're feeling rubbish, when you're um, pondering uh, kind of on how, how much you're suffering and how hard life is, I think um, ruminating more on how broken and messed up you are probably isn't the best encouragement technique in my head. And I read this, I was like, I don't really get how this is helping me. Um, but actually we see uh, one of the things I love about David is he's pretty switched on um, and he's doing something quite clever here. Because if you look at the next verse, which comes straight after that, he says, but, but with you, Lord, with you, God. And I, I don't know if you can kind of see what he's doing, but he's starting to create as a bit of a contrast, um, a contrast between um, the kind of without God option. Um, the sin and the mess and the rubbish and then the with God option with that forgiveness and that joy. He's saying, but with God, there is a way out of this. There is a way out of this sin and this mess and this suffering and this pain. Um, one of the things I um, really love about the creation story um, is when we learn how mankind is made. And I think this is this is just such an incredible uh, summary of how I feel about uh, life sometimes, because on the one hand, we're made in the image of God. So we're made in the image of the one who has flung stars into space, who has created sea and land, who has brought the universe to life, who um, has all things in his control. That's on the one hand. But then on the other hand, if you read that account, we're made out of dust. You know, dust is the the dirtiest, the most insignificant thing possible 
And so for all of our, our lives here on Earth, we've kind of kind of got this conflict in a sense between on the one hand, we've got the dust, we've got the mess and the suffering and the brokenness and the sin. We've got our, our flawed nature, which um, very easily could lead to have been separated from from God for all eternity. And then on the other side of that, we've got the image of God. We've got the fact that we were crafted in that image, the fact that he gives us his Holy Spirit to live inside of us, the fact that he gave his son Jesus so that we could be in relationship with him for all eternity. And we've got this, the dust and the mess, and then we've got this, that incredible, powerful relationship and eternity with Jesus. And I do feel like a lot of the time we're going through life kind of living in between the two. And, and I suppose this side of eternity, we're never going to uh, reach this hand, but we're kind of struggling our way between seeing this and this and this and this. And what David's, what David's doing is he's kind of bringing out the difference between these two. When he's in the midst of his suffering, when he's in the midst of the pain, he's drawing back to actually, well, why is that? It's because of this dust half. It's because of the broken half. And actually, that's not what God wants for me. When he's talking about forgiveness, he's not just talking away about kind of taking away a few bad things. Forgiveness is, is so much more than that. It is the, the coming of light and, and life and, and love into our lives. It's defeating all the darkness and the death and the hate. Forgiveness is this incredible blessing that gives us a relationship with the God of the universe. You know, wow. And so... I think what David's clicking with here is he's starting to tease apart the difference between these two and starting to realise, how do I thrive in suffering? Well, actually, it's to start taking my eyes away from this and not letting this block my view of this, that incredible big story that God has painted. Um, I, I've got um, a semi-illustration here, which I think may work on Zoom. It may also not, and that's absolutely fine. Um, but I think one of the things David's trying to point out to us is that when we're suffering, if we call suffering my phone, um, and so whatever you're going through right now, whether it is isolation, whether it is struggles with your mental health, whether it's difficulties at work, I just want you to imagine, I know it's a difficult concept, but that that is my phone at the moment. And when your phone is right at the front of your vision, when it's the thing that you're focused on, when your eyes are all on this suffering and you're letting it consume you, it takes up the whole screen, it takes up your whole life, all of your suffering. And what David is saying in this psalm, which is really powerful, he's saying, actually, take a step back and take a look at God's bigger story. Look at all else that's going on. And I realise the analogy does kind of fall down here, because rather than God's bigger story, you end up seeing my face and my wardrobe, which um, maybe aren't quite as impressive. But he's saying, take your eyes away from the suffering. Don't let it be the focus. Don't let it be at the front. Actually, put it in context. Put it in context of God's bigger story where actually he started by creating the entire universe and knitting together every cell in your body. He then gave his son to die in the most horrendous way possible, actually to save us from ourselves so that we could then have relationship and eternity with him. Put that suffering into the context of this bigger picture. And I think what he's starting to click with is he's saying when we're focused, when it's everything, it takes up our whole screen. It seems insurmountable. Actually, as we put it in context, as we put it um, in the scape of this grand narrative that God has painted, all of a sudden it's so much smaller. Whatever suffering and whatever pain we're going through, it's so much more manageable. 
I remember seeing an uh, illustration uh, on a Francis Chan video once where he got a rope and he put the rope all the way around a room and it was massive. It went absolutely everywhere and he got the end of the rope and just that tiny bit on the end. Uh, and he put a bit of red tape around it and he says, this, this here is your life on earth. And all the rest of this, this is eternity. And it, I just remember my mind being kind of blown a little bit by getting the perspective of actually all the things, you know, whether I've maybe had a tough day at work or whatever it might be. And I see that as the biggest thing. I let it take up my whole screen like this. But actually, it's just one tiny, tiny, tiny part of a massive grand picture that I'm invited to be a part of. That God invites me to be a part of his story. You know, that is incredible. And I think that's what David is starting to click with here, that whilst maybe we can't take away suffering on this earth, and until we reach eternity, we are still going to have that suffering and that mess and that pain. What we can do is we can change how big it is. We can take it from that to actually something that's much smaller and much more manageable just by the way we see it. And I love um, how we're told to do this. It says, and in, um, in his words, I put my hope. You know, for many of us, maybe that means sitting at home and actually picking a Bible verse and going over it and over it and over it until it's drilled so kind of deep into our hearts that we believe that truth. Um, maybe it's going to involve forcing ourselves when we're having those low moments and those rubbish days to actually say, no, I'm going to put some worship music on and I'm going to praise. I suppose in a way, maybe um, for a lot of us, we need to change our default settings sometimes. We have kind of default settings of where we go when things are hard. Maybe we have um, particular friends, particular family members. Um, sometimes it might be chocolate or a good Netflix binge uh, when we've had a bit of a tough day. But actually, maybe we need to twist that default setting. And maybe that default setting needs to be the first place we go is picking up our Bibles. Maybe the first place we need to go is to prayer or to worship, to start getting our heads around that picture, that perspective. And not letting our, our suffering, not letting uh, the things that, that our struggles become our focus. Um, I know I find it so easy uh, when I'm finding something difficult to just dwell on it and to let it consume my head. But David's saying, actually, don't do that. Actually, put your head in the bigger story. And uh, some days that is definitely easier than others. And I think we see time and time again throughout the Bible, all the people that we know as the heroes of our faith, um, they find that challenging. It's not easy, but when we manage to start that, when we at least manage to get on that road, we get ready for step two. Um, and now step two is one I know that you are all going to absolutely love because it is something that we all love doing. And step two is waiting. Um, and so, Luke, I'm just wondering if you can bring up uh, verses five and six. Um, verses five and six say this. They say, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I put my hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. Um, I literally, literally have never met a single person in my entire life who actually likes waiting uh, nobody does let's be honest you know we, we live in a culture where uh, if you pull up to the traffic lights and there are three lanes um, you actively seek out the lane that has got maybe one less car to save you that two seconds uh, on your journey home when you're not even in a rush um, 
we're so used to FaceTime, we're so used to social media where everything's instant, we're used to uh, everything being the next day with Amazon Prime, um, although that has not been my experience with Amazon Prime recently, not directing that to any members in particular of the congregation, but if anyone wants to sort that out, that would be great. I'm still waiting for my back helmet. Um, anyway, that's completely irrelevant to the sermon. Uh, the point is, we're not very good at waiting. We're just not good at it. We, we want everything here and we want everything now. But the, the biblical position is actually waiting is really something we should be in the habit of more and more and more and something we should be practicing more and more and more because the waiting is where God develops our character. And I think God really is a lot more bothered about our character um, than where we get to or what we achieve. He's much more bothered about who we become rather than what we do or what we go through. Um, over and over and over, we see the Bible actively encouraging us to wait on God. Um, and I really stress that word active because active waiting isn't just a kind of sitting there on your bum doing absolutely nothing. Yeah, I love David's phrase here, kind of like a, a watchman waiting for the morning time. Um, the night shift as a watchman would have been the most dangerous time. The watchman's continually looking out. He's scanning the horizon. He's actively checking for threats. He's doing his job. He's being diligent in his job. Active, actively waiting is that seeking, but it's seeking God rather than the thing that we're praying for, if that makes sense. So let's say I'm, I'm having a difficult time at work and actually I'm, I'm suffering with work and it is tough and it is difficult. Actually, actively waiting is being patient, but longing for God within that. It's a constant yearning for God. It's a seeking him whilst waiting for what's next. It's kind of saying, God, you know what? I'm finding this really difficult right now. Like it's a struggle. It is difficult, but I am going to choose to trust in you. I'm going to be still. Lord, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to meditate on your word. I'm going to, you know, in your word, I put my hope. I'm going to spend time with you going deeper and deeper. I'm actively going to chase my relationship with you. Even whilst I'm waiting for my answer in inverted commas. I'm not letting the, the delay with my answer or, or the delay with getting what I want from my perspective get in the way of my relationship with you. I am going to keep striving and keep seeking you and your heart. Yeah, that's such a, a powerful thing. Verse 7 says, um, uh, where if we get to verse 7, it says, O Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love. You know, that is an incredible thing to be able to do, to put your hope, not in our own strength, not in what's going on in my life, but actually putting my hope in something that is never going to change. In that big story that God has painted for us that goes from uh, the start of creation right through to the end of eternity. That has more chapters than we could ever get our heads around. And yet somehow we're invited to be a part of that story. Putting our hope in that story is possibly the safest place to put your hope anywhere. Not possibly, definitely the safest place. So much safer than my own strength or resting on my own wisdom or my own abilities. You know, there is um, so much un uncertainty in the world at the moment. Um, and I think largely I'm not a fan of uncertainty. I find it quite difficult to manage. But 
one of the things that um, certainly reading through this psalm and some of my other um, kind of reflections recently is actually maybe that uncertainty isn't a bad thing. Um, God has designed us to be dependent on him. And so actually that means we can only thrive when we are dependent on him, when we do it in our own strength, when we uh, figure it all out and do it our own way. Actually, first of all, that's never as good in terms of outcomes, but also we miss the joy and the fullness of life that, that comes with walking our relationship with God, walking that journey with God. And so in this kind of strange time that we're living in, as the whole world has slowed down a little bit, maybe actually it's good for us to practice our waiting. You know, to take a step back from that treadmill of life and unlock more and more of the blessing that comes with not focusing on that, not letting our story be front and centre, but actually taking our story, taking our suffering, um, taking the difficult bits and the hard bit and putting them in context. Putting them in context of a story that will never change. Putting them in the context of the greatest blessing we have ever been given. Or our stories can just be full of mess uh, and pain and suffering and sin and rubbish. But actually, that's temporary. And in the context of what God is doing in our lives, in the context of what God is doing across all of creation, it is a tiny, tiny, tiny part of such an incredible narrative. And so the lesson that we learn from David in this psalm is that as we start to do that, as we start to intentionally and deliberately, actively focus on God's story, as we meditate on scripture, as we um, invest in praying when we really don't feel like it, on the days where you get home and you feel rubbish and you just want to slob with some Netflix and some chocolate, actually saying, actually, no, God, I'm going to worship you and I'm going to praise you. All of a sudden, as we do that, as we focus more on God and less on ourselves, those struggles and those sufferings that, that, we, that we wrestle with, they have less and less power over us. They seem smaller and smaller and easier and easier to deal with. They don't go away. A lot of the times they, they may not change in our timing. And it might be frustrating for us that they don't change, but actually they become less important and we become less bothered by them. Um, I love Paul's way of talking about it in the New Testament when he says, actually, we learn to find contentment. You know, finding contentment, it isn't something that just happens to us. It's something that we strive for as we start to focus on this big story, as we root our, our, our joy and where we find our satisfaction in this narrative, rather than the kind of changing and fallible story that we have for ourselves. You know, I've, I've definitely not arrived on that journey. I am far, far, far from that journey. And I suspect it's a journey that we will all be walking until we reach eternity. But what a blessing that would be to be able to, to walk through life phased by absolutely nothing. Not because of who we are, not because we're great, but actually because our hope is in a story that never changes. Our happiness and our contentment, our satisfaction, our joy all come from this story that never changes, this grand narrative. And I think David is really switched on here. And you can see as uh, he goes on that journey from verse one where he is crying out in the depths. And I know uh, maybe a lot of us will be feeling like that at the minute, crying out from the depths when stuff is difficult and stuff is challenging and just thinking, oh, I just can't deal with it anymore. 
Um, and really there is some truth in that. Maybe we can't deal with it anymore. But there is someone who can deal with it. And that's the journey David goes on here. He realises actually dust, the sin, the mess of my life. Actually, with that, I can't stand. With my own strength, depending on myself, I've got absolutely no chance. But actually, by embracing God's forgiveness, by embracing that incredible relationship, the opportunity to spend eternity with the creator of the universe, by embracing that and by learning to wait on him, by learning to seek him out, even when I'm not getting the answers I want, even when I'm not seeing things from my perspective as working out, I'm going to trust in him. I'm going to read uh, the words in my Bible and I'm going to hang on to them as truth. And as I learn to do that more and more, all of these problems, all of these sufferings, all of this sin, all of this mess, all of the things that I deal with, all of the challenges I face go from being this big and insurmountable all of a sudden to this big. A tiny, tiny part of a much bigger story. Um, shall we pray? Yeah, Lord, I just want to um, thank you. I want to thank you for the fact that we get to be part of your bigger story. Um, I thank you for the fact that it's not about what we've done. Um, it's not about who we are, but it's about whose we are. Lord, it's not about uh, us, but it's about what you've done. And that is just the most incredible thing. Lord, you came and you gave yourself to die for us um, in the most horrendous way, even though um, we deserved nothing. You loved us so much that you offered us that relationship with you. Lord, we thank you um, for all that you've done for us. And Lord, uh, when we're suffering and when we're finding it difficult, when we're finding it challenging, Lord, we thank you for the fact that you are with us. We thank you for the fact that you walk every step of that journey with us. And I pray you will help us more and more to see um, things from an eternal perspective, to see things the way you see things rather than from our own motivations. Lord, help us to not focus in on ourselves and, and focus on uh, what can seemingly be a massive, massive issue where actually in the grand narrative, in, in your eternity, actually it's just a speck. Um, and Lord, above all else, we thank you that you are a good God um, who loves us. You are a God um, who loves for us to, to, to chat to you and to, to tell, us when, uh, tell you when we're struggling. But actually, you don't want us to stay there. And you don't want us to just survive and just get through it, but actually you want us to thrive. And you've given us the means to do that, which is a relationship with you. Um, Lord, we praise you for that. We thank you for all that you've done for us. In your name. Amen.